about to listen to a sermon from Newtown Erskineville Anglican Church. As a church, we want to see whole communities captivated by Jesus Christ and living out His freedom. Chapter 1, we're starting from verse 1 and going through to verse 9. Um, you'll find it on page 1151 in your Bible there. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers with me, to the churches in Galatia. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach a gospel other than the one which we preach to you, let him be eternally condemned. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let him be eternally condemned. This is the word of the Lord. Now, you probably don't know this about me, but I spent a lot of my childhood at ice rinks. Now, don't go with your imagination. I'm not some prodigy child skater or anything like that. I'm very uncoordinated. But my mother is a national ice skating judge. So if anyone gets anywhere in ice skating in Australia, they've had her kind of stamp of approval, effectively, which is kind of crazy and insane, but is true. Now, my sister was incredible at ice skating, which was infuriating. Uh, I I just was awful and all the time, but my mum would always drag me to ice rinks. Uh, you know, during the school holidays, we wouldn't be able to go to the movies. We got dragged to the, to the, the skating rink. Um, even on my days off when I was sick at school and she was going to the rink, she'd take me. I remember throwing up in the bins at the ice rink a few times. So I am the living proof that you can spend an enormous amount of time at an ice rink and never skate. You know, I'm either playing the video games, I'm either looking on from the side, or I'm gripping on for dear life at the edge. But I know very little and have very little experience in being on the ice. You know, I think the same can be true a lot of Christian faith. You can spend a lot of time in a beautiful building like this, going through spiritual motions day after day doing a lot of really good and interesting things, but not spending a lot of time actually on the ice. Not spending a lot of time experiencing and knowing and living in the core, dead, true north and center of the Christian faith. The book of Galatians that we're starting today is written to a group of churches in Galatia to bring them back to true north. 
to invite them not just to be in the ice rink building, but to get on to the ice, to come back to the dead center. That is the glorious gospel, the good news of what God has done in Jesus Christ. Not just a gateway into the Christian life, but the main event, the center, the thing to be experienced weekly and daily. How much time do you spend actually on the ice? I want to get this going through Galatians today in a really simple way. I've got three things to tell you that will kind of set us up as we walk into this series. Three things. But they're, they're this. The gospel is utterly unique. And second, if you add to it, you will lose it. And the third thing is we are always adding to it. First one's this. The gospel is utterly unique. Now, this letter opens like every other letter Paul ever, ever wrote. He talks about himself. He talks about the church. He blesses them. But then... In the midst of this one, you get some details that kind of point to you to what he's about to say in the letter. And what Paul wants to say in this kind of extended introduction is he's drawing the attention to the uniqueness of what the gospel is, of what God has done in Jesus Christ, the good news of what he's done. And and what he wants to say about the Christian faith is that it's unique because it is from God and it's through God and it's to God. It's from God, it's through God, and it's to God. You see, in in chapter 1, verse 1, he he talks about himself, Paul, an apostle, a sent one, a commissioned one, sent out with a purpose and authority, but sent, what? Not from men, nor by men, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father. Paul is quite clear that he is an apostle, not because of some human tradition, not because of some council of men somewhere, but because of the one true God. The gospel comes from God. It comes from God the Father raising Jesus Christ from the dead within history and then Jesus sending out the apostles to proclaim in his name. The gospel comes from God. It's not an idea made up about God from men and women, but but from him, verified within history with the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. It is not from here. It's from heaven. But it's not just from God. It's through God. In verse 3, after he says grace and peace, he kind of fills out what he means by grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He talks about how Jesus gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. Notice how instantly he's reversed the trajectory of all human religion. Human religion offers itself to God to be accepted. It gives itself to him. But what's the gospel about? It's about Jesus giving himself for you. It's unique because it's the complete reversal. It's not about us and what we do. It's about him and what he's done. To underline it, he talks about us being rescued out from this evil age, this whole system of evil of which our sin is a part and the heavenly powers of evil are also a part. We're stuck in the atmosphere of sin. We are so stuck 
that there is nothing that we can do that can extricate us from us. We need intervention from outside. We need Jesus to offer himself on behalf of our sin to rescue us from outside it. The gospel is through God, through what he does. He is the active one. All we contribute is our sin. When I was reading this, it reminded me of my my earliest memory, verified by my dad, might I say. Uh, I remember being at, I think it was probably D.Y. Beach. I think I'm about three years old. And I have my little shovel and my little bucket. Okay, plastic. Picture it. Probably an overall, I don't know. Who knows? I'm at the edge of the water, which my dad said I was always at the edge of the water playing. And I remember really clearly watching this big wave whip up And it was one of those kind of dumpers that dumped directly onto the shoreline where I'm playing, right? I can even see the the seaweed in the wave in my my memory. It's kind of seared in. And so I'm there with my my pail and my thing, and I'm looking at it. And I, I, I didn't even call out. Like, I'm just kind of stuck there staring at this dumping wave. I'm a toddler. I have no legs, no brain, and I don't even call out, and I'm kind of stuck, And then, of course, what happens next? My dad appears out of nowhere. Gathers me in his arms. Takes me up to higher ground. Puts me down. What rescued me? Not my calling out. Not my quick thinking. Not my incredible intellect. Or my stubby legs. The will of my father saved me. And so Paul says, Jesus Christ gave himself to rescue us in accordance with the will of our God and Father. See, it's through God. Your calling out, your intellect, your goodness, your career, your bank account has nothing to do with it at all. It's through him. And because it's from him, because it's through him, it's also to him. Did you notice that? He ends with praise in verse 5. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. See, if it came from him and it did what happened through him, then it's all glory to his name. Now, now, see how this is utterly unique? It's from God, through God, to God. You know, human religion is from us. We make it up. We enact it. And ultimately, it's for us. Hey, God, look at me. Look what I can do. Look what I made up. Look what I'm, how good I am. Look how I've made for myself. Honor me. The gospel is utterly unique because it is the exact opposite of all human religion. Even Islam that claims to come from heaven has to be enacted by human means. All New Age spirituality is from the self, through the self, for the self. Not the gospel. From God, through God, to God. Utterly unique and stunning and beautiful. The will of our loving Heavenly Father to rescue us. The gospel is utterly unique. And so, number two, if you add to it, you will lose all of it. See where Paul goes in verse 6? I'm astonished, he says to the Galatians, that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you by the grace of Christ 
and are turning to a different gospel. He's like, I can't, I can't believe you guys. I was just there telling you about this God. And all of a sudden, you've come full circle and you're believing something else. You've literally, it says, deserted. It's like someone in the army who's left the front line, left all their comrades, left their cause and abandoned them to somewhere else. You've abandoned Jesus. You've abandoned the God who loves you. For something in verse 7, which is not a gospel at all. He talks about how they've been thrown into confusion in verse 7 by some people who he says are perverting or altering or modifying the gospel. And what we learn from the other parts of the letter is that effectively there are some people who've come through these churches and are teaching, yes, Jesus was great, he gave himself, he died, but also, you know, you probably should also cover your base by getting circumcised. Maybe stopping eating bacon as well and following some of the commandments of the Jewish law. You see this later in the letter as well, as Paul talks about the, how it's not, we're not justified by works of the law, but by faith. And my favorite in Galatians 3.3, 3, he says, beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? See, they've been twisted and pulled away from the unique gospel by these people who are adding a little bit of humanity into it. It's Jesus plus this. And Paul says, if you have Jesus plus this, you lose all of it. You abandon the true gospel. You abandon Jesus Christ. And those who teach it according to Paul will be eternally condemned. Verse 8 and verse 9, in case you missed it the first time. Even if an angel comes from heaven or if Paul comes and preaches something else, if anyone touches what God has done in Jesus Christ, if anyone adds to the beautiful work of salvation, proclaiming that it's up to you and your effort, it's through you as well then they will be condemned by God. What Paul's saying is, if, 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 if salvation is God's great masterpiece, then adding human effort to it is like scribbling and ripping and dishonoring it. God is angry because His great work of salvation is thwarted, distorted, and nullified by this teaching. And he's deeply distressed. You see, what is on the line here? You see what is at the dead center of Christian faith here? That everything we have comes through what Jesus did and nothing of what we have. And when we add our effort in, we destroy it all. It's kind of like all of that baking at the moment of you know, traditional recipes with new ingredients that's going around. And I say this as someone who enjoys that from time to time, but you know, you know, brownies that are now made with beetroot and buckwheat, and they don't have real eggs, they have chia eggs. You know, I'm fine with that, but it stops being a brownie and it becomes a beetroot buckwheat surprise, right? <laughs> Just stop calling it a brownie. Because, you know, when you change the defining elements of something, it's no longer the same thing, people. And if something is so unique like the gospel, coming down with divine authority from God, if you add just a little bit of something to that, you lose all of it. So beautiful and unique is it. When you add a little bit to it, you lose it all. And see, the third thing that really we need to wrestle with as a result of that is, is the reality that all of us add to it personally. All the time. 
it's really interesting looking at this text and seeing how astonished Paul is. And you're like, yeah, it, it's, it's strange. What, what happens in us that we see the grace of God and we abandon it to do something ourselves instead? Martin Luther, when he was writing another book about Galatians, apologized at the beginning and said, I know I'm talking about Galatians again, but, but let me tell you there's something in it, he says, that's fundamental in every human heart. There's a battle in us in our faith between passively receiving what Jesus has done and actively trying to save ourselves through some other means. Passively receiving and actively gaining. And I was reading this and thinking about this passage in Galatians, and do you know what? It's 100% true for me. When you find me at the end of a day, or at the end of, on holidays, I was recently on holidays, and decompressing from um, a stretch of work, I know in my head that I'm saved by grace. You know, I'm a pastor. I can say that out loud a lot. But at, in those moments, at the end of the day, in the holidays, what's going through my head is, am I a good enough pastor for God? Have I loved my wife enough? I'm really not a good friend to that person. I'm really not good at living my holiness in, in all ways and in every place. See, in my head, I'm saying I'm saved by grace, but in my heart, at, in night, and in those moments, I'm measuring myself against all these things. And I think that by being a good pastor and a good husband and a good friend, by being these things well, God will keep me. Then he'll really accept me. See that battle? See that tension? Do you have that? At the end of the day, when you're ticking through and you're measuring yourself against yourself, what's the thing for you? It might be partly to do with your career or your marks. It might be to do with your friendships. It might be to do with your, uh, your pastor or your wife. or your, uh, It might be to do with, I don't know, whatever it is. What is that thing for you that at the end of the day you measure yourself against and go, well, if I got this right, God would accept me. All of us add to the gospel a little bit of something, something that we think will make us really acceptable to God. And the battle is daily to turn away from what we actively pursue and to get back on the ice and receive again what Jesus has done. You can spend your whole life as a Christian saying in your head you're saved by grace and pursuing life as if you're saved by what you do. Gospel freedom is so telling yourself daily that it has been done, that you are freed from trying to save yourself the next day. Gospel freedom means daily getting on the ice and telling your heart that it is from him and through him and to him. Not from me, through me and to me. It is not about me. It is about him and resting in So what I want to invite you to this evening is to get back on the ice. You might be sitting in the stands looking on, comfortable position. You might have been there for a while, but you haven't really experienced the gospel for a long time. You might be on the edge of the rink gripping for dear life like I do, <laughs> worried if you're enough. You might be distracted over with the video games. 
Friends, do you know what? There is nothing you can do to make God love you. But God loves you so much that he gave his son in your place instead for your sin. Not only that, but he suffered eternal condemnation. That you might live daily in the knowledge that you are loved by the Father. So turn from whatever you're trying to save yourself with tonight. Get on the ice. Pray with me. Father, we come admitting those measures by which we think that we'll make ourselves acceptable to you have come down to us from circumstances in life and from our own imagination and from things that have gone hard and things that have gone well and all kinds of things. And Father, we freely confess tonight and we turn them aside and declare and said that Jesus is enough. The gospel is enough. That beautiful, unique thing that you did when your son came and gave his life on the cross for our sin. Father, we rest in knowing that through him we are rescued, we are safe, we are home, and we are loved. Amen. listening to the Newtown Erskineville Anglican Church podcast. For more audio content and information about our church, please visit neac.com.au.